Welcome to What Builders Don't Tell Their Clients podcast with your hosts, Joel Miner and Andrew Quadrio. Joel and Andrew are on a mission to make you aware of all the unnecessary pain and unavoidable costs that commonly happens throughout a building or renovating process, educate you on how to avoid these common mistakes, as well as share knowledge, experience, ideas, and inspiration so you can enjoy your building experience. What Builders Don't Tell Their Clients podcast. Hello and welcome back to the uh, updated version of What Builders Don't Tell Their Clients. Andrew, how are you? Good, mate. How are you? Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. So we thought we would incorporate Andrew's name into the podcasting as we've probably been giving him the shaft in the last maybe 20 or so episodes. So we've uh, changed the intro and uh, put his name in. We've also changed the outro. So um, the, basically what we want to get into tonight is uh, me and Andrew's had a previous discussion before we got on air. But we're talking about um, the conversation come up about the communication and organising and the speed and how fast things can work during a project. And and the topic we want to get into is just how to avoid a nightmare project. Now, some of the the building industry is is predominantly known for so many things going wrong. Uh, I know probably from your experience, you've probably talked to people about this at parties or, you know, your barbecues are probably Everywhere. where they come up at, at most, Everywhere. I suppose, <laughs> or, or prospect the clients that sort of come through the door too. Yeah, yeah. So always, someone's always got a story about their, you know, bathroom gone wrong or leaking or you know the tap fitting falling off in the middle of the night and flooding the house and that sort of stuff. So or the builder never rocked um, up or come and go. Oh, yeah, and you yeah, that's no the, idea that's when you come back. Yeah. And I exactly, guess, yeah. I guess we as builders are really good. Ninety-nine percent of builders are really good at building, but. Ninety one percent of builders aren't are not good. One percent of builders yes. One percent of builders are pretty good at communicating. So it's um it's a pretty fine line trying to well a pretty slim chance of finding a builder who can communicate to you and, and get to the letting you know what's going on, what's happening, who's coming, who's organised when, you know, when's gear rocking up, like, you know, how I was talking to you about this story just before about a current project you were on. Do you wanna share and elaborate on that? Yeah, current project we're on, um, we're actually working for another builder. Uh, they do a lot of project homes and this was a renovation on his house. Uh, so he's got us in as a renovation specialist. That's another topic we'll probably do in later episodes is finding a niche builder or, or a project builder um, or a generalist builder. Uh, but he's brought us in to do um, to do this handle the renovation side of it because his, the subcontracts that he uses aren't that um, specialized in that area i guess yeah specialized or that aren't that uh well across what the intricacies of a, of a renovation can um involve uh so but uh what is sort of become become um evident to me as a, as the, as we've come through as we've started in, on this project is that um usually what we would do is that i would order all the materials and that sort of stuff if it was my project I would all the materials and and I would make sure I had all the materials worked out worked out for one before we started the job and two delivered on all of it and delivered in, in one spot on the one day before we start or the day we start sort of thing. Um, but with this project, because they're ordering materials, I'm asking for the material and they're giving me the quantity and then I'm um, they're ordering them what's happening is because there's an extra it's going through an extra pair of hands before it gets to the supplier it's taking longer and it's delaying the project and this builder is paying us by the hour he's paying 
they're paying quite a sum of money for the three of us to be there by the hour. And when we've got lots of material, we do lots and lots of work, get lots and lots of progress on the pro- on the project. He's really, really happy. But what I'm afraid of ha- happening is that the last couple of days that some material hasn't turned up. They had a bit of an issue with the supplier the other day. There was meant to, there was some timber meant to come on the Monday. We came on the Tuesday. The material still wasn't there. We sort of fluffed around for half a day. The four and three fluffed around for half a day before the material rocked up, and then we could get into it. And then we used most of it in the rest of that half day. So, what I can sort of see happening is that this client, even though he's a builder and he understands the process, he's going to get upset with me eventually because he's paying me big money to stand around doing nothing, waiting for material. So what we, wanted to, what we wanted to sort of chat about tonight was how you can help um, your builder when you, once you find the builder, help your builder um, make, uh, uh, you know, be organized, not tell him what to do because that's nobody likes being told what to do, but ask lots of questions and educated questions about how to keep your project going ask, and, and try and keep your level of communication up so and, you can, you can, yeah, know what's and, going in, on. and in benefit to that, it it really helps. Like if you're clear, and I want to break that down to like, well, he, why does this happen from the start? Like, why is their materials not being rocked up? And what, while the sounds of it, it sounds like there's been a poor planning um, from the very start. Yep. Like it's sort of just let's 100%. just make it up on the go and wing it. Yep. Um, and a lot of clients, I find, struggle to visualize a lot of things too, so that it's quite hard for them to do that. And I guess that relays back in trust with their builder to sort of guide them of what they want to be able to um, give them a, an idea on what they like and what they don't like to steer them in the direction. And I know sometimes there always will be changes part way through because once a lot of people start visualising things like now I can see it coming together, I can can we just you know maybe alter this a little bit, or which which is fine. But I think poor planning comes down to you know. Just if you have that poor planning from the start, the, the project just keeps rolling through, and it's going to be the same the whole way through. Like like you said, yeah. uh, and you know the builder's given you a quoted price, but at the end of the day, if the builder's not making money, there's one of two things that'll happen: he'll cut corners and try and use cheaper labour to finish the job, so at least he makes money or doesn't go broke while making money. And if he if or go broke while they're going through your project, which you do not want to happen because this puts you in a position where you could potentially, you know, you hear of project builders all the time going bust. And I know it's it's such a sad process because people are building dream homes and they're going through this process of just getting, they get halfway through and their builder's gone. Like, what do you do? Yeah. QBCC, well, I know yeah. QBCC up here is a little bit different to how you guys work, but it only covers, I think, 200 grand max. You're building a four or yeah, five hundred thousand dollar home. Yeah. Where does that leave yeah. you if yeah. you're only hundred thousand dollars in? So you know, it's yeah. it comes back to that planning stage and really trying to, I guess, find the right builder to start off with. But I guess you know what what things what things can help a client to basically put a more trust in their builder to either one they're organised, they're onto it. You know, they're quite they run to a schedule like. What things from, you know, or what do you do to be able to give to your clients to say, right, oh, you know, this is where we're starting, finishing, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, as, as part of our, um, one thing we found really, really good is as, as part of our contract, 
um, we give our clients a, a Gantt chart program. So it's a, a spreadsheet, essentially, if you don't know what a Gantt chart is. Um, Just uh, explain, explain that a little bit better because I, th- I don't know. I know a lot of people in management side of things will understand that quite well. Yep. Um, but for people who probably, I ask a lot of some people, and it's probably about a 50-50 where they go, oh, yep. I'm not sure what a Gantt chart, but then when you explain it, they're like, oh, it makes sense. A Gantt chart essentially is down one side of the page. So the, if you look at me here, this on, on the left-hand side of the page, um, you'll get the list of tasks, and then it'll have the amount of time that each task will take, usually in days is what we do. Um, and then on the main part of the, uh, of the graph, is you'll have each task will have the set amount of days of a bar, a horizontal bar, and then it'll flow on to the next task and then the next task and the next task. And it has, there's certain tasks that need to be done before the next one happens. And that's how they, that's how you get your sections of work and how that's how long, that's how we work out how long the project's going to take. So it's going to take 12 weeks. That's how we work out how long it's going to take because it adds up all those days in, the, in the correct give, order. Give us an example of one. Um, so, uh, for uh, my, hours are quite long at the moment. It's like sort of four or five months at, mo- at, at minimum. Um, but it doesn't so have we to start be a full, with, just give us a section. So I guess, so we sort of start sense. with, um, start with demolition. Uh, it takes two days, four days. So let's, let's say demolition, four days, excavation for the footings, another two days, for example, pour the footings another day. So then those three steps are listed. And then they take then the, then the number of days each one's going to take, and then on the main part of the graph, as I said, is you'll have three days for demolition, and then next to it, below it, but along off the end of the end of the demolition bar, it will have the two days of, of footing excavation, and then after that, it'll have the two days of. And they're sort of, I guess, they're sort of labelled as like Monday to Friday, and then you have your Saturday, Sunday, so correct, week yeah, one, yeah, and then Monday. It's on Tuesday. a it's on a week, it's, so it's on a week time scale. I guess a week week weekly basis. time scale. So, and they're just a really simple but super effective tool to Very simple. schedule yeah. things it's, out. It's, yeah, and, and when you put that in front of people, you say, here, look, this is what we're going to do. It is subject to, I, I always preference it with, it is subject to weather and people being on time and, and yeah. lots, a, of, lots and lots of factors that, might, that might, not, might not happen on, at, on those days on that, at that time. But this is the rough guide as to what we're going to do. Yeah, target, yeah. Like, yeah, I always call it. I this got, is what we're I trying to do. Guideline. Might not always come off, but this is what we're trying to do. Um, so it what it does is it shows people how long it's going to take. It shows people what the what the rough sequence of steps are, the pretty close sequence of steps are. And what I put put in on it too is all where the progress payments are, so that, that people know that's a good idea. that you know when your progress payment like you finish the slab for example, that's a progress payment. The progress payment is due on this date. If the slab's bought on this day, it's due on this date. So that, and the reason why I do that is, is the biggest thing is so people know because people sometimes have to move, they have to, they have to apply to the bank to get to get the progress payment done. Maybe they got to fill out a form, or maybe they got to move money from one account to another to then transfer it to us or something like that. It gives people warning to say, hey, look, in two weeks' time you need, you know, in two weeks' time, you know, you're probably going to get a bill, right? And then a week after that, it's due, so you need to and and the, so you need to have the money ready to go then. It needs to be ready to go then if you're, if you're happy and happy to go through. And it also um, gives you the amount that you should be, that you're expected on that day, on that, you know. So it's not a surprise that you get a bill for 100 grand after the slab goes down, something like that. Yeah, which I think is really good, especially a lot of people dealing with banks, like you know, common questions like how's, how's your progress work? Like how's progress, well, they don't say progress payments, how do payments work is normally 
you know, mm. how do they work? And, you know, that's probably a topic for another thing, but, you know, they just yeah. get broken down into stages on, you know. So just yep. I think it's good to keep it fair on what work's getting done and labour because at the end of the day, the builder shouldn't be your bank. Like, the bank is the bank and the builder's doing the job, so the builder shouldn't have to fund your project to be able exactly. to keep things because yep. that can put them in a dangerous position which can potentially leave you open for you know something happening to your builder halfway through your project yeah, so right. really right. important banks, that banks are notorious for that that's 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 another hour topic you could go on with <laughs> yes about, sure. about how banks banks are horrible yeah. but anyway <laughs> but um and like you hear the story i'm just going to go to a quick story about you know people because this stuff sort of is i guess foreseen from the start of a project like way before you start your project like how often you know i talk to a couple so many clients and they'll go look we've had a guy come out he come out he he rocked up about two hours late when he said he was or he you know rung us and said or he didn't even ring us he just didn't rock up that day and said you know give us a call at the end of the week and anyway ended up coming come out had a look at the job and this lady had, had rung me about it and said, we want a bathroom done, etc. And I said, uh, and she started telling me the story about how we've had another guy out here. It's been a month. He hasn't even got back to us with the price yet. Like uh, that they're quite good indications. I think on like, if they're like that at the start and, and that happens at the start, I think there's a really good opening for potential dramas down the track. And, and I guess why does this happen or why do trades do it? They may be busy. They may have stuff on. But at the end of the day, oh, I think it's because they're not paid for their time in that aspect of things. Like anything okay. free is quite worthless in a way. Like, you know, that all's in a builder's mind when they come to your site, if they're not getting paid for it, it's, yep, righto, what do you want? Sweet, give you a quote, no worries. There's no understanding. There's no yeah, time get to me take. Out of here as quick as I can. Yeah, because they're you're doing it on the way home. Yeah, and they're doing it on the way home and they just want to sort of quote the job and that leaves you open to another whole heap of dramas with costings and stuff as well because a lot of the times it's not accurate either. So, you know, I think yeah. it's really important to keep that out from a starting point to just keep an eye on, you know, if they're being this unreliable in the early stages, do you really want your bathroom renovation to go for 10 weeks when you've only got one bathroom or, you know, your house to a 12-week bill go for 20 weeks? You know, mm. like, and that's why I think schedules are quite important, um, you know, Very from the aspect yeah. of so you understand because mm. how often do you talk to people that don't actually understand? Like, we understand the build and how the process works, but a lot of clients oh. don't have, you know... Everybody, almost ninety nine percent of clients that don't, don't and it's fine because it's not their area of expertise. They don't, they don't get us wrong. You not don't have to know every all the ins and outs of it. That's our job. Um, and yeah, ninety nine percent of clients have have don't have much clue at all. And that's um, as I said, that's fine. Um, but your builder needs to be able to take you through the process and go help guide you through the process. Like simple things that we do, like just send text messages to say, you know, this guy's coming tomorrow or we'll be there tomorrow. <clears throat> we'll be back in the morning. You know, it's you only see the person, you only see the client in the morning because they get, because they're going to work early or, you know, seven o'clock or whatever. Um, I usually send them, you know, I think you've, you've done, you've done it before. I usually send them a, a video or a text or something very short and simple, just updating them as to what's going on. Hey guys, we're going to do this tomorrow. So we're going to get into getting here. Can you, you know, move that stuff out of the way for us tonight? Something like that. <clears throat> so that the client is always in the know as to what's happening and is never left in the dark because that's that's the thing that people um that nobody likes nobody likes the, any situation at all nobody likes to be left in the dark 
and guessing as to what's happening. So always communicating to people and always getting, if you're always getting texts from your builder or a message or a phone call or a video or something like that saying, hey, we're doing this tomorrow, or hey, we're doing this, or hey, I need this from you next week, sort of thing, that they're good signs. If you're not getting those things, then you're probably not ever going to get those things. And it's not probably not going to go so well. Communication is so, so important. It's communication is so important in life in general, but especially in a building project, especially with someone that's going to, that, that's going to come into your house and you're going to pay a great deal of money to, and they're going to destroy your house to start with and then build it back up again for you, build, build this dream. Communication is so, so, so important. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's also like they're going to be in your house, whether it be a bathroom, which could be four or six, four to six, three or four weeks, however long it takes, or whether it be a 12-week or 14 or 16-week project. You want to feel a part of it. You want to know what's going on. And there's going to be questions along the way that you're going to want to ask. And if you're just getting pushed to the sideline, um, it's kind of quite hard and it makes your journey quite frustrating through this where... I feel like a lot of these things should be addressed from the start or your builder should have that understanding of asking questions like, you know, a lot and a lot of people won't give won't say there's a problem unless you sort of poke the bear, I find sometimes. Like you've sort of got to say, Hey, do you have any questions? Well I can see you're not quite something's not quite right or you know, yeah. it really needs to be that level of communication that, you know, it's not just get in, do the job and, and get out. Like that's that's not what it's about. It's it's really about you enjoying the process and the experience and, and making sure that your builder's got your back at the end of the day. Like, you know, they're the ones that you, you know, paying the money for the investment. Like it's an investment into your home. It's an experience you get to enjoy and you want to enjoy it. You don't want to hate it. You know, how many people do you hear of that? <laughs> In that yeah, that's right. Yeah. That just absolutely hate that. Stories about that. So... You know, and I guess that comes back to time frames. You leave a slow process, it can extend your, you know, especially like bathrooms, I find it like they're only a small project, but there's so much going on with that side of things. Mm. And so you, especially if they've only got one bathroom, like, you know, you've yeah. got toilet hire and such an inconvenience, yeah. And everything else in your bath and out of a bath, like the laundry tub or outside to try and save a bit of money or whatever. And it, get, it can get quite annoying quite quickly. So, mm, very quickly. Yeah. Do you especially have anything else? else to add to that andrew yeah just especially if the tyler doesn't turn up on the day he's meant to and you know no communication to to say he's not all you know like that sort of thing like it's it's simple sort of stuff but um it's uh it's really 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 important and it comes back to um as we were saying before it comes back to planning and and really getting if if you want if you want to get right down to it you really want to go right back go back scroll back down here and go right back to our six steps to planning series and that, that really needs to happen first. The, the, the more you can sit down with your builder and work out exactly what you're after and have them have you, have you make sure that you feel that they understand your, your problems, your fears, frustrations, wants and aspirations for your project, whatever, however big the project happens to be. And if that is the, is, the, is the basis that your relationship starts on, then it's going to give you a such, such better um, or a much, much better experience throughout the whole project and you're going to end up with the, with the dream that you wanted when you started. Yeah, definitely. I like that. Well, I think that's enough for this week. Um, we will be back next week with another topic. I'm hoping to get the Matt Old on 
Um, this the guy, Matt Old the Matt Old Builder. Um, We've got this, three states in this next episode. Yes, all in one. And uh, <laughs> this guy does some awesome bathroom renovations um, and he also does new builds as well. But I'd love to have a chat with him and knock out some of the common bathroom myths. myths however you say, I can get my tongue right. Um, and knock out some of them that come with the ba- common bathroom myths. Oh, I'm gonna stop. <laughs> you finish this and and basically answer some of the questions that a lot of people seem to have around the bathroom areas. So, but uh, we will see you next week. This brings us to the end of this week's show. I hope you all enjoyed it. I know we did. Hit the subscribe button. Run all your favorite podcast apps. And if you've got any thoughts or topics that you want us to cover, make sure you hit us up in our DMs. We're on all the socials: Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Uh, and this week we're brought to you by Joel Miner from Refined Space Constructions. And I'm Andrew from Quadrio Building Services. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next week. Bye.